got good stuff to show us and remind us of. And uh, if we believe God together, everybody believe God together with us tonight? Amen. That He can show us something yes. and, and take us to a higher place and get glory to Himself. Amen? Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You for Your Word tonight, Lord. We ask for Your help in this service tonight, that You would give us utterance and anointing and revelation, Lord, that the Word would come forth as Your words, not the ideas and opinions of man, but the very words of God, Lord. We pray that it be spoken in love, just the way You would have it spoken, and that it pierce our hearts, Lord, that it penetrate the very good ground of our heart, and that we produce fruit out of the words spoken tonight, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of all those that You bring us in contact with. And we purpose to be cheerful doers of your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bible to 1 Peter 5, verse, start around verse 6. You know, I was looking at uh, this uh, that we're going to talk about tonight, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, we, we've heard a lot of lessons on this, and, and God took me over to 2 Peter 1 and verse 12. Put Second Peter. You guys keep turning there. Put Second Peter, one and verse twelve up there. It says, "Wherefore, wherefore I will not, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you though you know them. How many how many know some things that you hear from the pulpit or from different preachers? But Peter says, even though you know them and you're established in them, I'm going to put you in remembrance of them. You know, many of the things that we're taught." We need to remind ourselves of all the time. And, and, the, and what we're going to talk about tonight is a huge deal because we're going to talk about casting our cares. You know, and, and I've been involved in casting my cares, and I've been really good at it, and I've been really bad at it. Right? Amen. <laughs> well, you want me to lie to you? Man, I've just done it good all the time. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's wrong with you people. But I'm perfect at this. Every time I have a care, I just cast it off on the Lord, go, go along like, like nothing ever happened. No. No, we need a constant reminder that we serve a good God, a, a trustworthy God, a God that we can cast our cares on. Why? Because He cares for us. We're going to put ourselves in remembrance of those things. But what's verse 13 say? Verse 13 says, as long as, yay, yay, let's, let's talk King James tonight. I think it meat. <laughs> I like meat, but <laughs> he's thinking it's meat. As long as, he's in the, as long as he's in his body to stir you up. Amen. We should always be stirred up by the word, whether you think you know it or whether you think you need to hear it again. You need to let it stir you up. How? By putting you in remembrance of it. Amen? Amen. So let's get stirred up about casting our cares tonight because God loves us and He, want, he wants those cares. Amen? He wouldn't, he wouldn't have told you to cast them on Him if He couldn't handle them. Anybody think they got cares too big for God? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You know, that's a really good verse. But, you know, sometimes I think we've watched The Wizard of Oz too much. You know, and we, we think that it's going to be some big book. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying, put yourself under me. What's he saying? He's saying, put yourself right under me because I'm mighty. I'm mighty. 
Where, where's a better place to be than under the mighty hand of God? Where can you be best protected than under the mighty hand of God? What's he saying? Humble yourself. Quit thinking you can do it yourself. Put yourself under me. Quit trying to do it yourself. Put yourself under me. Put yourself under my mighty hand. Who's his hand mighty for? For us. The reason he's mighty is for you and me. He's a mighty God. Mighty good. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's a mighty healer. He's just mighty indeed. And, and, and we don't want to, every time we read the Bible, we don't want to look like, he, like he's the, like Toto just pulled back the, pulled back the screen. We got the big head out there screaming in some big voice. God just loves you. And that's what he wants you to know. If he could tell you anything else right now, he would tell you he loves you. Because the more you get a hold of the love of God in your life, the more ability you have to receive from Him. Because He is love, and everything that He gives is out of His love. So if you, can't, if you don't know Him as love, you'll never receive all that He has for you. He wants us to know Him and believe in this love. Amen? And so He says, put yourself under me. Humble yourself. Quit looking for another way. Humble yourself. Realize I'm your God. I'm your protector. I'm your keeper. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your source. I'm your supply. I am everything. What do you need? I am. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. It says when you do that, that, that he, why, why do we do it? That he may exalt you in due time. Right? If we refuse to do the first part, second part will never happen. You say, I don't know why God hadn't pulled me out of that yet. You've got to humble yourself. And it's not about, it's not humble yourself. If it was like that, he said, I'm going to humble you. He, he's not going to humble you. Brother Moore talked about this just recently. This is what, this, our part is to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. But when we think wrong, we won't do that. Because, why? Because... That the God like this scares us. But that's not who He is. That's not who He is. He's saying, come. Come under, come under my protection. Come, come unto me. Amen? He's a good God. We need to see Him all the time as a good Father. As a good Father. Not the way the world's tried to mess fatherhood up. A good Father. A Father that takes care of of his children, a father that cares about his children, that cares about what his children care about. Amen? Amen. Not the father that tells them what to care about, the, fa the father that cares about what they care about. Amen? God cares about the dreams in your heart. He cares about everything that you care about. Amen? If you care about something wrong, he cares about that. Why? Because he doesn't want to see you go off the right, wrong direction. Amen. But he still cares about it. Amen. Right? Amen. But he ain't going to beat you up over it. He's going to get you there. He's going he's to get you away from that and to where you're supposed to be. Right? That's what good fathers do. They redirect their kids. My, my daughter all the time. And she is, she is the queen of telling me what she's going to do. And I tell I, I'll, my wife, I'll, she'll, she'll hear something she's going to do. She'll go, oh, no, she's going to do that. I'm like, no, she's not. And I don't even say anything to her. Why? Because I know she's not going to do it. Right? I could take on the care of that and say, oh, man, she's going to do that. No, she's not. 
Why? Because I know her. She's my daughter. I know when she's just talking or when it's in her heart. Amen? God knows us better than we know our own children. Amen? He knows when you're just talking, and He knows when it's in your heart. And He cares about what you care about. Amen? That's why He wants to get in all the parts of your life. Why? Because the more you get, a, get under Him and humble yourself and become under His mighty hand, you begin to care about everything He cares about. Amen? You know, as my daughter has grown, what I've found is she now cares about the things that I care about. She's taken on my desires. She's becoming what I, what I always hoped she would. I'm not saying she's perfect. Well, yeah, I am. She's messed up, but she's still perfect. <laughs> she's a good girl. Thank God, because that was the grace of God. I remember when we got her, me and Kim both looked at each other and said, What in the world was God thinking, giving us a kid? <laughs> he surely knew we could not handle raising a kid, but he surely knew we could. Amen? And he gave her to us anyway. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares. This is all one sentence. How, how do you humble yourself? What is, what is one way that you humble yourself under the, man, under the mighty hand of God? Casting all your cares. Why? Because he cares for you. Casting all your cares. Humble yourself by casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because you know he cares for you. The number one lie of the devil is that God doesn't care. The number one lie of the day. Think about the number one lie to your children or the number one lie that you believed when you were a kid. Oh, they don't care about me. They just don't want me to have any fun. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they don't, they don't care what I think. They think I'm just a kid and don't, don't know anything. They don't care. That, that is in the devil's playbook. Like he has this playbook, and the first thing he turns to when he wants to mess with people is he messes to the I don't, they don't care about me page. How can I get them to believe that he doesn't care about them? Because if he can get you to believe God doesn't love you, he's taken out the very foundation of what, what our salvation. Exactly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If he can get you to, to not believe that he cares about you, he's taken out the foundation of that verse. Because everything he did for you, he did because he loved you. Amen? Why does he say, cast your cares upon me? Because I love you. That's what that verse says. Cast your cares upon me because I love you. Right? And before that, he prefaces by telling you he's the mighty God. So what he's saying is the mighty God loves you. What care do you have he won't take care of? What, what do you have in your life that you can't trust him with? Amen? Amen? What, what, do, what do we got going that we're more able to fix than him? <laughs> you got anything you're more able to fix than God? No. You know, we might, patch, we might patch a hole. He makes whole new rubber where it was supposed to be. Right? It'll never go flat again when he fixes it. Amen? Because he's a good God. And that's what he does. Good things. Amen? You know, and, and, you know, if you look at children, you know, people who have had children or have dealt with people as children, <laughs> right? You know, many of the things that the Moors have told me to do, I know they told me because they loved me. They knew that I didn't understand what they were telling me to do, but they knew that I knew they loved me. And if I knew they loved me 
and I trusted in that love, I would do it anyway whether I understood it or not. Amen. Why? Because I'm believing they're hearing from God, right? Many of the people that God puts in your life are not put there to be a detriment or a hindrance to you. They're there to get you to another level. Amen? Right? I just wanted to work in the parking lot when I came to this church. Look at this, man. I'm standing here on Friday night talking to y'all. Huh? <laughs> you think it didn't take some pushing to get me to another level? <laughs> some pushing from some people who cared about me. Right? God will push you to a higher level because He cares about you. But He needs to get you to quit caring about everything else so that you can hear from Him. Amen? The cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches will make you completely unproductive in the kingdom of God. Amen? Right? Everybody with me? You got your cares? Got them in a bag tonight? Huh? You bagging them up? Start bagging them up as we talk tonight. Get, get your bag out. Think about those cares. You know, people say, well, I don't really have anything major going on. You know, people that don't have anything major going on, they care about lots of things. Amen. Right? They have, they're, they're thinking about things that they ought not even be thinking about. Right? wonder what we're going to do now. We don't have this. We, what, what do we do? We don't have this to do. We can't do this. What, what if this happens? What if that happens? That's a care. Amen? If it keeps you from thinking about or hearing from God, it's a care that has nothing to do with God. Get your bag out. Let's start bundling them up. Amen? <laughs> let's look at Mark 4. Go a little further with this. Mark 4, verse 38. This is where they had... Uh, Jesus had said, let us cross over to the other side, right before this, right? So they're crossing the ocean, or the sea, I guess. Well, not an ocean, the sea. And, the, and so he was, uh, Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, the back part, asleep on a pillow. And, and you know, before this, it says that the whole boat was, was, uh, was full of water. So Jesus was obviously sleeping in water, Right? But he was still asleep. Amen. He was still asleep. Why? Because he trusted in God, right? That no matter what he was doing, he would be taken care of. Right? Amen? So he was asleep, and the, and the disciples, they run into him, and they say, Master, don't you care? Master, don't you care? Huh? Don't, don't you even care? What are they doing? They are questioning the love of God. Right now, they're questioning the love of God. And that's the first thing the devil wants you to do. Because if he can get you to question the love of God, he can keep you from having what the love of God has. You must cast your care to have what God has. Amen? You can't question his care and have, what he, and, and have his best. Why? Because you're questioning his love. You're questioning the very thing that saved you. Why do, why do you think this is such a big deal to the devil? Because he wants us to question the love of God. Because if he can keep us questioning, nothing can happen. Do, do you think that questioning this is why Jesus got up? He said, no, let me show you. Isn't that what Jesus said when he got up? He said, no, let me show you how much I care. Huh? That's not why he quieted the storm. Not because they believed he didn't care. He had some place to go. Right? And they said, Master, don't you care? Didn't you guys do that to your parents when you were younger? You don't even care if I have that baseball bat. 
you don't care. You have the money to buy it, and you still won't buy it for me. None of y'all did that either? Man, I'm in this perfect crowd tonight. Let me go over to this side. Did you guys ever do that? Yeah. Man, that, that's, that's, that's the second thing in the devil's playbook. Let's see if we can cry and get our way. They didn't get their way because they cried. Did you know that you can cry all day long and God will never move on your behalf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys still here? <laughs> you can cry all day long. Because guess what crying isn't? It's not faith. That's exactly right. Crying is not faith. Now, how many in here have ever cried to God trying to get him to do something for you? I have. No, you guys don't even have to raise your hand. I've cried. Lord, if you just do it this one time, if you can just see where I fit. I, I'm in a mess. I need your help. And I look up and it's still there. Why? Because I'm not casting my care. I'm telling him about my care. Let me explain how big the care is. Because you just don't know, God. You're not in the situation. Of course he's not. He's smarter than that. He's there to get you out of the situation. But crying's not going to do it. But he just doesn't understand. Third play in the devil's playbook. You don't understand. You don't care and you don't understand. I'm going to do a lot of crying tonight if I keep this up, aren't I? <laughs> Don't you care that we're about to perish? Don't you care that we're about to die, Lord? And he's already told them that they're not going to perish. Amen? He's, he, he's there to give life and life abundantly. He, they, have, they have been with him. They, they've, they've been walking with him. They're, they, they're, they got on this boat and he said, we're going to the other side. Isn't that what he said right before? We're going to the other side. You think Jesus was confused? When he saw the storm, he thought, ooh, I thought we were supposed to go to the other side, and I thought I was going to die on a cross and go rise, raise from the dead, but, you know, it looks like I'm going to die out here in this ocean today, out in the sea. You think he got confused at any point? Jesus didn't have any problem with, his, with these cares. Why? Because he's trusting in God. Everybody says, well, he's Jesus. No, he was operating as a man. He had the same opportunity to fear that storm or to not fear that storm. The same opportunity. He took a different path. Amen? He arose. I can kind of see him do this. He, he woke up. Peace be still. Now you guys, let me talk to you. I mean, it almost was just like that. Peace be still. And, and, it, and it stopped, and then, and then, he, then he calls the disciples over. He says, and, he, and, and what's he do? He says, his first question is, why were you so fearful? And when, when God asks you a question, when Jesus asks you a question, you need to consider why you were, right? You need to, you need to, and he would ask us the same question. If you got all up in arms about something going on in your life, and he fixed it, the next thing he'd do, he'd call you over and say, now, why were you so fearful? Why were you so fearful? And then his very next question is why you had no faith. No faith in what? What did they say? You care not. No faith in God's love. Why did you have no faith? Not just, it wasn't faith to calm the storm, faith in God's love, because what did they question? God's love. Where's your faith? What are we so many times questioning? We're not questioning why it didn't happen. We're questioning God Himself. 
There are people all over the world today mad at God because something didn't happen in their life. Right? And they never even gave the care of it over to Him. They just expected to pray and the care went away. Guess what one of the secrets to that what verse that we read in, in Peter was? You cast your care. It doesn't say, let me take your care. Did it say that? No, it says, you cast your care. You, we have to do the doing. Amen? And too many people, they're not casting their care. They're complaining about their care. They're whining about their care. They're crying about their care. They're telling God that He doesn't care. And they still have their care. Amen? Amen? Amen. How many in here have kept your care? Right? Been guilty of keeping your care. I've been guilty of keeping my care. They said, they said, Lord, don't, don't you understand? And, and he finally said, where's your faith? Why do you have no faith? What's he saying? No faith. He didn't say, you little faith. He didn't even go to the little faith. You know, I think when he said little faith, they probably said, well, at least we had some. This time, he said, you have no faith. Why? Because you've excluded the love of God. Once you exclude love, faith has nothing to work off of. When you, the minute they said, don't you care? Faith went away because faith operates first and foremost out of God's love for us. What do you have to believe if He doesn't love you? If He doesn't love you, He may or may not do something for you. And that's where, our, that's where we're failing in our faith. Our first priority is to believe in His love. What's it say in Mark eleven twenty two? Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answering unto them said, Have faith in God. What's he literally saying? He said, have faith in love. Have faith in love in all of its ability. Have faith in love for you. Have faith that God loves you. Have, have faith that he cares. Have faith in God. That's the person, the person that has faith in this love, that's the person that's going to speak to the mountain. A person that has no faith in love will never speak to the mountain. Therefore, it will never be removed. Right? Well, read the rest of the verse. Have faith in God. Next, next verse. It says, For verily I say unto you, and he's still talking about somebody that has faith in God. Verily I say unto you, whoever has faith in God will say unto the mountain. Right? Whoever doesn't have faith in God probably won't say unto Why? They don't have faith in love. If they do say it, it'll be said without value to its words, therefore there's no profit. Right? Idle words. They make no difference. He said, have faith in God, and whoever has faith in God has faith in what? Has faith in love. Has faith in God's love for them. Has faith in God's love through them. Has faith in what God can do in them and through them. Amen? Why? Because He loves them. It's always going to come back to because He loves you. Right? That's why He saved you, because He loved you. Amen. Not because you needed to be saved. <laughs> All right, let me go over here. He didn't save you because you needed to be saved. He saved you because He loved you. That's right. Yes, you did need to be saved, but He didn't save you for that purpose. He saved you because He loved you. Amen? How many? I would much rather somebody do something for me because they love me than because I needed it. Right? What if somebody comes up and says, here, you need this, take it. Or they say, man, I love you. Here, take that, brother. I love you. And they give it to you. 
What? It had value now. Why? Because heart came with it. Right? If you just needed it, then a lot of times all they were doing was trying to get rid of you. He needs it. Give him this. He'll go. Right? God wasn't trying to get rid of us. He was trying to bring us closer. Right? We had gotten far away, and he loved us. And he said, I I want them back here. And he found a way. How did he find a way? Through Jesus. For God so loved us, he sent his son. And when, when when we forget that he cares, we'll never cast our care. Why? Because we first must realize he does care. Right? How many people call people to pray for them that know they don't care about them? Huh? Right? Like tomorrow, you call up the person that you know least likes you, probably doesn't love you at all, and you say, you know, will you pray for me? Because there's a real good chance that prayer's going nowhere. Why? They don't love you. You don't want... That's why, that's why the Lord said, pray you one for another. Why? Because He knows you love one another. If you're Christians, according to 1 John, you love one another. Why? So now you can pray for one another. Right. Because why? Because you love one another, not because they need prayer. It's, not, it's like we don't become Christians so we can see people's needs greater. It's so that we can, out of our love, love them greater. And that's what meets needs. Love meets needs. Amen? Not money, not time, not anything else. Love is the true need meter. Right? What's it say? My God will supply all your needs. My who? My love. My God. What is God? God is love. Love will supply all your needs. Love will supply all your needs according to His riches in, in, in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Love does that. This, this, is what, this, is, this is what we've got to keep a hold of. What do we need to remember? God loves us. People say, oh, I know that. People say they know that all the time. Look at 1 John. 1 John 4. 1 John 4 and verse 16. 1 John 4 and verse 16 says, We have known, that's one thing, we have known, but there's two things, and believed. You know, there's lots of people, and if you ask them, and they say, yeah, God loves me. And you, you know somewhere in you that God loves but do you believe in the ability of that love? Do you believe in what that love wants to do for you? God desires to do for you more than you desire to have it. Amen? And that's what he's saying. He said, I don't want you just to know my love. I want you to believe in my love. We have known and believed the love that God has to us, for God is love. What's he saying? I, want you, I don't want you to separate God and love at any point. When you say God, think about love. And don't think about what the world's thinking about love. Think about what a parent thinks about love. Right? Sometimes love has to say no to keep you from doing, doing yourself harm. You know, people got this idea of love uh, like when they first started dating their girlfriend and their, their wife-to-be, right? Yeah, because you wanted to be around them all the time. You were in love, and everything was rosy, and life was good. All you needed was to be around them. Love is strong. It is the most power. It created the universe. Love did. It will direct you, it will guide you, it will keep you, it'll say no, it'll say yes, it will, it, love is God. If, if it happened for you and God did it, love did it. And his reason for doing it was that he loved you. Have I said this enough tonight? 
This isn't even what I was preaching on. Kind of was. I don't really have a plan. I had God's plan. Whatever he says, do it. Amen? He said, put you in remembrance of my love. Why? Because you won't cast your cares on somebody that doesn't love you. Why? Because if they don't love you, you could take better care of your care, right? (laughs) But if they love you, if the Almighty God truly loves you, and you have known and believed the love God has, then you dwell in God and God dwells in you. Amen? And if that's true, all things are possible. Amen? You are unlimited now because why did he want you to cast your cares in the first place? Because he wants you to care for others. You can't care for others when you're caring about you. Amen. Why? Because caring about you is selfish. Caring about others is love. Amen. Right? Amen. When we get so involved in what's going on in our life, we become unproductive in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is to increase the gospel and increase the people in the kingdom of God and to make, bring in more people. And selfishness won't bring in more people. How many know selfishness is not attractive? Right? Selfishness and thinking about yourself all the time will, will keep people away from you, not draw them to you. People that were drawn to you are drawn to the love of God in you. When I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. What's being lifted up? The love of God. Amen? Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen? That's what God does. He's trying to draw us into love and then bring His love in us and through us. He's put His love in us by the Holy Ghost so that we can begin to care for others. Right? So that when somebody tells you a story... You know, you ever, t- you ever talk to people like this and you start telling them what's going on and you probably shouldn't be telling the story, you know. It's getting pretty bad, you know. I had this bill due and then the next thing I know they come to repossess my car and, uh, and, and things just really aren't looking good, brother. And your brother looks at you and says, better than me. <laughs> you know, you just told the wrong person why. They don't care about you. They're thinking about their own care. <laughs> why? That's selfish. They had no time for your care. I'm not saying you should have been telling the story, but their selfishness didn't help you. What if they'd have been operating in love? No matter what was going on in their life, they would have stopped right there, and they'd have said, you know what, brother? We serve a good God. And all they'd have been doing is building their self up at the same time. Why? Because they're, they're reproducing love. They're taking the love that God put in them, and they're producing it towards somebody else. And as they do that, he begins to get built up. And he say, you know what? We're not going to talk this gloom and doom anymore. We're going to have our needs met. Why? Because we're casting the care of this over on the Lord. Agree with me in prayer. And, and the next thing you know, this person's on another level. Why? Because the love of God came in. And it fixes things. And it brings you to a place where your faith can work. Because faith without the love of God won't work. It profits nothing. If I have faith to move mountains and have not love. Right? Glory to God. So when we start thinking on a different level, he says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. He's got got more in mind for you than just taking your cares. He's going to take your cares, put in his love, and now you're going to say, cast your care on me, brother. Let me hear because I'm going to build you up. What are you going to give him? You're going to give him the love of God, the very same thing that God gave you. Amen? 
carry one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen? Romans, by the way, somewhere in there. Look it up. Get your concordance. It's in there. Maybe. Romans. Is it Romans? It's in there. It's in the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Hallelujah. It's not on my notes. So, uh, of course, I've already went over a whole bunch. Um, let's look at uh, 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel 30. Casting your care. David was at Ziklag. He came home. Him and his army, they came home. All their stuff was gone. Every, the, the wife, the kid, the, the uncle, the aunt, grandpa and grandma, all the TV sets, all the, all the microwaves, everything. Everything they owned, taken away by a whole other army. David said, I'm casting this care over on God. I don't have to worry about this, right? That's the first thing he said? No. No, look at first, first Samuel 30, verse 4. This is, this is how we handle our cares right here. <laughs> if, you, if you want your own care, let me show you how to handle it because this is how we do it. Been, right? This is how I've handled all my cares. Why? Because we don't have the ability to fix them. If, we, if you fix it, it's temporary. Why? Because you didn't give it an eternal answer. Why not cast your care over on a God that's eternal and He'll give it an eternal answer? Why? Why is His love called unfailing over and over again? Why? Because it can't fail. Why? Because it's eternal. Amen. If it looked like it was going to fail, it wouldn't because it was going to keep going. How, how far is it going to go? Until you're fixed. Amen. And then it goes a little further than that. So if you mess up again, the grace of God's still there to catch you. That's right. And David and the people that were with him, what was this? This is his army. This is a bunch of men that had just won a battle. And they're getting ready to throw a fit. They're going to throw a fit. Now, how is this going to help get the people back? And see, that's what we need to think about whenever something bad happens and we say, oh, and we go and we say, you know what? Just let me cry. If you could just let me cry. I just need to cry for a while. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to cry. Just let me cry. Leave me alone. How many people have done this? You went to help somebody. They said, no, I don't want to help. I want to cry. That's what they were doing. They cried so much that they couldn't cry anymore. They wore themselves. You ever seen babies do that? They cry so much and they just fall asleep. Why? They cried out. They can't do it anymore. And what happened? They never got their way. In other words, what really happened is you got your way because they fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they were doing. That's like holding your breath. I'm going to hold my breath till God takes care of me. <gasps> you ain't ever getting it. You're going to see God. <laughs> right? Because you're getting ready to suffocate. They cried until they couldn't cry no more. Verse 5. And the, you know, David's wife lets you know that everybody, it wasn't just like half the people got taken. They said, oh, this is King David's wife, and let's leave them here. No, everybody's wife got taken. But yet, it was King David's fault. Right? Anybody ever been in that position? Not only is it your care, everybody else is on your case because it's your care. 
So now it's went from just being your care to being everyone's problem. And it's your fault. And now David, he, he, he not only has an excuse to be upset, he has an excuse to cry until he can't cry no more. Right? Verse 6. And David, David was greatly distressed for the people, they, they spake of stoning him. And he said, God, don't you care that the people are speaking about stoning me? Oh, he didn't say that? Because the soul of the people was grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. But what David do? He didn't start whining some more. He'd already cried till he couldn't cry no more. And he saw that that didn't help. So what did he do? He casted the care of it over on the Lord. How do you cast the care on the Lord? Sometimes you say, okay, God, here it is. Show me what to do. Because you're still going to have to do something. Right. You know, a lot of people think, well, you cast your care and then you're done. Walk away. That bill's paid. <laughs> when God says, oh, yeah, I see. What you need to do is go do this and go do that and be here. And the next thing, he said, okay, now you got the money. Pay that bill. But what was he doing? He was keeping, keeping you from thinking about the bill the whole time. Didn't say David went and cried to the Lord. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He went and said, Your God, I'm under your mighty hand. There's nothing too big for you. There's nothing, there's nothing you can't do. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and take this on myself. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's called casting the care of it over on the Lord. Amen? <clears throat> and, he, and, he said, and he said, Hey, go get me the ephod. He put it on, and he starts praying. He starts praying to the Lord. What's he praying for? Answers. Why? He casted the care over it on God. Now he's expecting to hear what to do. Guess when he didn't hear what to do? When he was crying so hard that he couldn't hear. How many know that crying is an unproductive way to hear from God? Right? First of all, you're crying too loud. Right? He, he can't even talk to you. Right? David said, don't cry. He, or he quit crying, and he prayed, and he got answers. Verse 8, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue him? What's he doing? He's got, The care is over on God now. He's not looking to, for himself to answer. He, he's not looking at, to get an answer out of David. He's looking to get an answer out of the Lord. Why? Because he has the care now. When you cast the care of things over on the Lord, then you'll get an answer back from God. You won't get your own answer. Your own answers are temporary and a really poor fix. They're like that fix-a-flat stuff that you put in your tire. You know how long that lasts? Don't go on a trip. <laughs> Amen? Because it ain't going to last. His answers last forever. Amen. David didn't want a partial answer. He wanted the answer. So he cast his care and he said, Okay, now, Lord, tell me what to do. Shall I pursue him? And the Lord said, Yeah, pursue him. Not only pursue him, you're going to overtake him. What did he do? He told him beforehand what was going to happen. Why? Because that's what love does. Love tells you who you are, doesn't tell you what you did wrong. Amen. Did you notice that God didn't spend an hour telling him, well, you shouldn't have been out that long. Had you been back just a little bit earlier, this wouldn't have happened, son. <laughs> right? Anybody ever done that to their kids? Don't raise your hand. How many know you didn't fix their problem? You just told them about what they already knew. Right? They already knew they messed up. They're coming to you for love. Right? What did Jesus say to the man at the pool? 
after he healed him. Go and sin no more. After he healed him. What, what if he'd have said, you know what, it's, it's this stinking sin that's got you where you're at. What kind of witness is that? You know, I've seen people witness like that. They go to people, and man, they're down in the gutter, and they'll say, you know, if you weren't such a sinner, you wouldn't be in there. How many know that's not the gospel? It has nothing to do with the gospel. It's not. If somebody would have told me that when I wasn't serving God, I still wouldn't be serving God. It's not, it's not a winning attitude. God tells you what's going to happen and how good it's going to be. Amen. Why? Because he now has the care. He, ha- he now has the care. He can do whatever he wants with it. And he does good things with it. He says, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna find him, you're going to overtake him, and without fail. Well, he didn't just say, and you'll recover all. He said, without fail, you'll recover all. And, and the next words out of David's mouth were, how, Lord? No. David went and got his troops. You want to know how good casting your care works? The same troops that were thinking about stoning him now are going to battle with him. That's right. That's how good God is. When you give God the care, he'll bring, he, even when, when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. These people were going to stone him an hour ago. Now they're ready to go get their wife and kids. Why? Because now they see that David's trusting in the Lord. There's somebody to follow there. There's so, why? Because he's, he's trusting in the God that loved him, the God that brought him through all the battles before, the God that took him through and, and, and gave him victory on every hand. Now they're following that David, the David that knows God loves him, and they're willing to follow him. The other one that was crying and weeping, they wanted to stone him. Why? had no answers. Right? So if you're going to go and help somebody... And you're gonna get you're gonna get in the molly grubs with them. They're gonna want to stone you when it's all done. <laughs> if you're gonna help somebody, you're gonna build them up, and you're gonna bring you're gonna you're gonna show them the Lord. He showed them the Lord, and the answers. And he says the Lord says we're gonna take them, and we're going to, and that's what he said in the many battles before. David inquired of the Lord and said, should we attack the Philistines? And, and the Lord said, yes, attack them and you will defeat them. And then he said again, shall we attack the Philistines? He said, yeah, go around this way, go around this way and you'll win. And that's the David they began to follow again. Why? Because he wasn't under the care, he was under the hand. Hallelujah. Stay out from under the care and stay under the hand. Under the mighty hand of God. He had to humble himself and realize that all the crying in the world wasn't going to get me where I'm going. Right? All the whining, all the unbelief. But wait a second. The same God that helped me with the lion, the same God that helped me with the bear, the same God that helped me defeat Goliath, the same God, the same God, the same God. What did he say? The same God. You want to cast your care? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Because that's who you're casting your care to. The same God. The same God that got you here tonight. The same God that paid your bills when you couldn't see how you were going to pay them the last time. Still the same God that will pay them this time. The God that healed you before. Same God that's going to heal you now. The God that gives you peace. The God that gives you joy. The God that keeps you. The God that loves you. Same God. He hasn't changed. Who changed? We did. Why? Because we took on a care that we weren't supposed to take on. Didn't have the ability to take it on. Took on your own care. Selfish, prideful. You realize that? Taking on our own cares is selfish and prideful. 
right? First of all, you want to fix yourself. And then you're like a little kid. No, I can do it. You ever seen like a little kid when you give them? I remember when Ramsey was little, I gave her a bag of candy to open. And man, she worked forever to open that candy. And I said, here, let me. She said, no, I can do it, Dad. I said, okay. And so I went back later and she's still looking at it. I said, no, I can do it, Dad. I went back later, she's still doing it. By the time she finally did get it open, the candy was ruined. <laughs> what if she just gave me that care? I'd have opened it up, just ate one. <laughs> gave her the rest. All I was looking for was one. <laughs> you thought it was a good story, didn't you? <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 55, verse 22. It says, Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. This is NIV version. Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never... What's that word? Never. Never. And people, you hear people all the time and say, well, I've seen righteous that fell. Then they didn't cast their care on the Lord. Amen. You know, a lot of, a lot of people say, I, this, I, I started up my engine and it didn't work. You didn't put oil in it. <laughs> right? There's more than one part to every verse, guys. And it's, this isn't a legalistic thing. God's saying, what, what did he say in the very, he said, cast your care upon, the, he said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can, so that he can exalt you in due time. So what's he saying? I need you to do this to give me license to do that. Right? And you can't do it with your head. You have to do it with your heart. The things of God can't be done legalistically. They have to be done levelistically. Remember the word, right? We, we, I think we did that word last time I was here. The things of God have to be done from the heart out of love, not out of the head because you have to. Everything you do because you have to has no value has no value. So, <laughs> okay. We want, to do, we want to do the things we do, the same reason why God did, does the things He does. The reason God does them is why? He loves you. So the reason you want to do something for others is because you love them. Right? It, it, it's, it's a love thing. It's a love thing. We're going to do the love thing. Everybody ready to do the love thing? Yes. This ain't the 60s kind of love. This is the God kind of love, the eternal kind of that was here way before the 60s, right? The real love. Amen? And this is where we're going with Matthew 6. Matthew 6 in verse 25. And, you know, everybody knows these verses. But God says, therefore I tell you. This is NIV again. Don't worry about your life. What's he saying? What, what do you mean, God? You know, I, I got to do this and I got to no. He said, I'm telling you, don't worry about your life. People say, well, that's irresponsible. You people, do you realize people think that worry is responsible? Worry for a Christian would be one of the most irresponsible things you can do. Why? Because it's completely contrary to faith. And it's selfish. What's he saying? Don't be selfish. He's not just saying don't worry about your life. He's saying don't be selfish. If you're thinking about your life, you can't think about anything that I put in your heart. Because you're too busy thinking about your life. And he said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. Is, is not the body more important than clothes? What's he saying? He's saying, don't worry about all this. He said, and then he, he says, look at the birds. What's he, you know, people must have thought, what's Jesus talking about? Don't worry about my clothes. Birds don't dress. Don't worry about what... And then he told him. he said, look at the birds. They don't store away. What's he, what he's really saying is they don't get concerned. 
Why? Because they know if God don't feed them, they ain't getting fed. Amen. That's what He wants us to be like. Don't get concerned because if I don't feed you, you ain't getting fed. Right. But He's saying, I've never not fed somebody. Amen. I've never not given somebody to drink. I've never, out of my love, failed anyone. Amen? That's the God we serve. He said, look at the birds. He said, they don't, sow, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks a question. And this is the question that we always need to answer. Aren't you more valuable than they? What's he saying? Don't I love you? These are birds. I love you. And I know people say, well, he loves the birds. You know, I'm sure he did because he created them out of love. But he loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Amen? Amen? Yes. No birds getting saved. Sorry, if there's some green people in here, I, I don't know. No birds, they ain't getting saved. They can't even, they can't confess. It's not going to happen for them. <laughs> I'm sure God's got a good plan for them. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but what he wants you to see in this is don't I love you? Don't you remember that I love you? That's what he's saying, that the question should always bring up, wait a second, yeah, God loves me. What am I doing worrying about this? God loves me. That, that's your answer to everything. It doesn't mean that you get to just sit back and say, well, God loves me, it'll all work out. It says, God loves me, he'll show me a way. He'll show me a way. All I got to do is take care of him and his. I got I to gotta think about his business, what he's got going on. My part is to love others. He'll take care of the rest. Amen? You know, I spent years in a business going downhill, downhill, downhill every day of the week, wondering if I was going to get a paycheck, wondering if my bill... And I was one. I was troubled. I was Martha. You are, you are careful and troubled about many things, Dave. How are you going to beat your needs? How are you going to get your bills paid? How are you going to get a paycheck? Where are you going to live? I was troubled, troubled, troubled. And one day I heard somebody say this verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, quit worrying about this. Seek ye the kingdom of God. You start doing what I say every day. Why? Because I know what you're going to wear. I know what you're going to eat. I know where you're going to live. I know, you, I know everything you have need of. Why? Because I'm your supply. I'm your source. And when I started seeking the kingdom of God, Man, I started doing... Th man, I'd go to work and, and write articles. We had a little newspaper thing we put out. Man, I'd write an article about God. Right there and I'd say, shouldn't you work? Well, I was the boss. I didn't have to. Now, if somebody else would have done that, I'd have probably said, hey, you need to stop that and get to work. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that on other people's time. But I started seeking with all my heart what God wanted in the kingdom of God. And when I did that, I quit worrying about me. When you're seeking the kingdom of God, selfishness doesn't exist. Why? Because he's completely unselfish. Everything he has you do, he has you do for someone else. And when you do it with the right heart, it has tremendous results. And you won't even know what happened. But at the end of it, your problems will be done. And at the same time, you will have met somebody else's. Amen. Glory to God. That's what he does. He says, he says, what are you worrying about all this for? The, the, these people don't worry about it. He goes on. He says, why are you worried about your clothes? Oh, and the other verse, he says, who by worrying can add one single, one single hour to his life, one cubit to his stature? 
Can, has anybody ever produced anything by worry? And that's what he's literally saying. He's saying, what can you produce with your worry? We produce nothing with worry. We unproduce. Is that a word? It is today. We unproduce. We begin to go backwards when we, when we decide to take on our own care. We go backwards. Amen? But when, but when we seek the kingdom of God first, we become unselfish and we become productive. Remember what he said about the sower that sowed the seed into the life of the one that had the cares of life and the deceitfulness of riches. Look out for those two twins, cares and deceitfulness. Right? Yeah, you get cares, deceitfulness, you're, you're going to be deceived right behind it. How deceived were those people on the boat? They took on the care of the water, and then they were deceived into thinking God didn't love them. Don't you care? <laughs> those are twins that you don't want to raise right there, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> who, who can produce anything? Uh, worry is unproductive. It will not produce anything. He says, why worry about your clothes? See, he starts looking at the flowers. He said, look, I made the flowers. I don't love the flowers, and I love you. That's what he's saying. He's trying to get you, he's trying to call to your remembrance that he loves you. Amen? He says, he says I tell you that Solomon, all his splendor, wasn't dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field that's here today and gone tomorrow, something that's not even going to be around, you're eternal. You're eternal. And then he, then he goes back to this after asking all these questions. He says, oh, you of little faith. What's he saying again? Do you not know I love you? Do you not believe in the love I have for you? Do you not believe that that great love can supply all your need? Same, it's the same question when he said, why don't you have any faith? And oh, you of little faith. Same, what are they questioning? If, the, if you're worrying about your clothes, you don't believe God loves you enough to take care of you. <laughs> but we believe, right? We don't have to get sad or somber. It's a good thing because we believe. What? We seek first the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. See, he's saying get your mind off all these things. This is selfish and unproductive. Get your mind on the things of the kingdom of God, on love and peace. Get your mind on mercy and goodness. Get your mind on things that produce. Don't get your mind on things that kill and destroy. Get your mind on things that build up and edify. Amen? And when you get your mind on those things, then you forget the other things. Everything that was in your life that was bothering you isn't bothering you anymore. Why? Because you're too busy helping them. Right? You, now love is leading instead of selfishness. You, you switched camps. You, you got rid of the selfishness. You took up on love. And now love leads you to do everything you do. Therefore, you don't have problems anymore. Right? You now have answers. Glory to God. So don't worry is what he said. Should we just take the words of the master? He said, don't worry. So now, next time you start to worry, you can say, well, Jesus said don't. We'll say, but yeah, you don't understand. No, Jesus said don't worry. He said take no thought. Right? Uh, but you should worry because you don't understand what all is going on. No, Jesus said don't worry. That's all we got is we can say, well, he said don't worry. I guess we won't worry today. You going to worry about it? No, nah, Jesus said don't. I mean, I mean how, how great of a word do you need? The word of God said don't worry. You don't need another word. I'm just not going to. Why? Because Jesus said not to. Good enough reason for me. Amen? Amen. <laughs> because when we take on these cares, you know, when Ramsey was born, 
And we got her. Of course, she's adopted. That's why I keep saying when she was born and we got her, because it was two separate, two separate events. She was born and we got her. Amen. But I didn't realize this until just recently. I was talking to Kim about cares. We were, we, we'd been talking about cares of this world and how people take on cares. And she was already worrying about how we were going to pay for her college. She was three days old. Oh, that's why we were thinking about it, because the Lord has helped us. She's, she's a junior in college, and the Lord has helped us step by step to pay for her college. We don't have any loans. Glory to God. We're not going to owe, and she, better yet, she's not going to owe hundreds of thousands of dollars, because I know if she owes it, I'm going to owe it <laughs> when she gets out of college. But, but the day we got her, the devil's already trying to get us, get by Kim, to have cares. You know, we need to watch what we're thinking, yes, right? When that comes on us, just know it's a hindrance. Because what, what, what I mean, I don't think that far ahead. I'm, I'm thinking about right now because I'm going to step right here and I need to think about it. Right? I, I didn't even think about it. I wondered how we were going to get diapers you know, and how I was going to learn to change a diaper. You know, I had some big cares. You know? she, she's wondering how we're going to get her car. I mean, she goes through this whole thing. We got to get her a car. I'm like, she's three days old. We got to get her to college. We got to get her through high school. She's gonna have to have clothes. We got, and she's she's got all these cares. And the Lord just blessed us with a child. When when you've been blessed, that's when the devil wants to steal it. The, the enemy comes immediately to steal from you. He doesn't he doesn't want you to enjoy the goodness of God. But she obviously quit worrying about that and gave it to God. And God took care of it really good, didn't he? And guess what? It didn't just, it didn't, somebody didn't just come to me one day and say, oh, your daughter's not going to have to pay for her college. Don't worry about it. He, he gave us the way to pay it. Yes, we have had people sow into our lives, but he's given, there's been a way every month to take care of her college bill where I don't have to think about it. And I don't sit around and say, oh, the college bill's done. Ooh, the college bill's coming up. I should have been thinking about this when she was three days old. Man, if I'd have just started worrying when she was three days old, I could fix this right now. No, you couldn't. You couldn't fix it when she was three days old. You can't fix it when they're 30 years old. Worrying doesn't fix anything. Taking on cares is not how we fix it. How do we fix it? Casting the care. Taking ourselves out of our hand and putting ourselves under His hand. Amen? Amen? That's what we want to do tonight. Anybody thought of any cares they have while we've been preaching on this tonight? Yeah, because we, we, got, we, we take on cares. We're like Martha. She didn't even realize how many cares she'd taken on. And then she asked the same question that the guys on the boat asked. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister's just sitting there and I'm doing all this work? Don't you care? Don't you, don't you, don't you? <laughs> and love corrected her gently said, Martha, you're troubled about lots of stuff. But there's only one thing that you need to be thinking about. Because if you're thinking about this, the rest of this is cake. Amen? Amen? If we keep our mind on Jesus, if we keep our eyes on what He's got for us to do, if we keep our focus on His love in us and through us, we always are going somewhere to be something. We're, we're never worrying about us because we're on our way. You're on your way. When you're thinking about the kingdom of God in the morning, you don't wake, you don't wake up wondering what you're going to do. You know you're getting to do something good today. 
You're going you're gonna to go to the office and you're going to do your job, but while you're doing your job, you're going to think about God all day long. He's going to give you stuff to say and to do and to be, and people are going to see God in you. You're not worrying about if you're going to make enough money on your job today to pay your bills. You're, 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 you are somebody going somewhere to happen. Amen. You're the love of God, and you're going somewhere to happen today. Amen? Glory to God. Let's look at Philippians. Philippians. Philippians 4. See, I'm putting you in remembrance all these verses you guys knew tonight, didn't you? Huh? I'm stirred up about them, though. Why? Because I, didn't, I, 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 was, I was not neglecting to put us in remembrance of them. Amen? Why? Because I don't want to keep my cares. My cares keep me from doing good things for others. My cares keep me from serving God. My cares make me unaffected and unproductive. Amen? I don't want my cares. People say, well, Dave, you don't understand what I got going on. I don't have to understand. You can't have something bigger than God. See, isn't that the good news? We don't have to understand what's going on in somebody's life. It's not bigger than our God. And it will not outlast His love. No matter how long you think you went through it, His love was longer. It was more enduring. And it was there at the end when you won. Amen? Amen. Philippians 4 verse 5 says, Let your gentleness, yeah, NIV, Let your gentleness, gentleness be evident to all. And I only read that verse because I like that verse. I think we should let our gentleness be known to all. Gentle people are approachable people. Gentle people are not selfish people. Gentle people are not people full of cares. If you're full of cares, you're not gentle. Right? Why? You're edgy. Why? You got cares. You're like Martha. Lord, don't you understand? I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. You know, you got people that start out to throw a barbecue and they end up with a banquet. Throw some burgers and dogs on the grill and eat, okay? Get rid of the crystal, throw out the, get the plastic forks and the paper cups and have fun. <laughs> and when it's banquet time, bring out the crystal. <laughs> but if you're just supposed to have a barbecue, have a barbecue. Don't bring your cares into it, right? If God says do something, do it His way. If He says bring out the crystal, bring out the crystal. But be gentle, approachable to all. Why? Because the, the Lord is near. What's He saying? He's saying, get people to me. Get people to me. Be gentle. But then He says, the next verse, He, he, he qualifies this verse. He said, don't be anxious. Why? Because you can't be gentle and be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. What's he saying? Be like David. Don't be anxious about anything. Be like David was. By prayer and petition. What did David do? He said, bring me the ephod. He puts it on, and he goes into prayer mode. He says, he says you know what? They took my wife. They took my kids. Better yet, they took their wives. and their, I love those men. Those men just fought for me in battle. They fought with me and for me, and I love them, and they should have their wives and kids back too. And I'm going into prayer mode, prayer and petition. And he went into prayer, and he inquired of the Lord. What's he saying? 
by everything. Inquire of me. Inquire of me with thanksgiving. Why, why would you do it with thanksgiving? Because you trust him. You aren't going to be thankful for something you don't have unless you know you're going to have it. Right? A good father, and I've done both. I've told my daughter I'll get her something and haven't. <laughs> but she'll remind me till she gets it. But a good father, when they tell their kids something, that's what's getting ready to happen. So, that, you know what? If I, told, if I called my daughter right now and said, I'm sending you $500, she would get ready to have that fight. She would already be preparing where she was going to shop. Why? She, she's thankful. She knows that I'm going to do what I say. How much more thankful should we be with God? If God tells you something, you're getting ready to have it. If, you, if he says, go recover all, know that you're getting ready to recover all. They could have thrown a party before they left because they knew they were getting it. Amen? By prayer and petition, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what's he say? In the peace. This, this, is, this is a... This is, this is what a person looks like that has casted his care. He has the peace of God that transcends understanding. In other words, when somebody says, you're being irresponsible, you need to worry about this. And he says, I, it's, it's handled. And they're saying, we don't understand that. Of course you don't. It transcends understanding. I've got the peace of God that surpasses understanding. I don't have to know how he's going to do it because I trust in his love for me and I know he's going to do it. I'm just waiting on the answer now. Amen? That's the God we serve. The peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm doing King James and NIV all here at the same time. Will guard your hearts and minds. What will this peace do? It'll keep you from taking that care back. If you get into this peace, then you won't, you won't, you won't trip as you're walking away because when you tied the bag, you tied it with your own shoelace. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I've done that a lot, man. I fill that bag up. The care says, here you go, God. And then I walk away like this. Why? Because I tied it with my own shoelace and it's tied to my foot still. But the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. You won't have to think about it anymore. Why? Because you'll be in God's peace. In God's peace is where He's telling you what to do next, where He's sending you over here to help them, where He's giving you a mission over here, and He says, teach a Bible study over here, help these inner-city kids over here, do this and do that. And you get so caught up in His love and doing things out of His love that you don't think about it. That's peace. That's peace. Serving God is the most peaceful thing you'll ever do. Why? Because while you're serving Him, you're operating in love, and all the things that aren't love have no place in your life. The things that are not love go away. And the things that are born out of His love are your... Are your that's you who you are now. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. How many, how many in here want to be anxious? How many want to be anxious for nothing? How many, how, many want, how many had a care tonight that they've already bagged up? I think we got a lot of cares tonight. You know what? We got a lot of things. You know, you, you've got people and they see commercials and they say, man, that cancer stuff, that's pretty bad. I hope I don't get that. Don't think that thought. Amen. That's right. <laughs> but have you ever done it? Man, I have. You, guys, you know what? We can sit here and lie all night. I right? can say, yeah. And I flip that TV off. I'm like, no. I'm not having that. Why? Because God loves me. Right? 
We don't have to put up with other thoughts outside of His. I know what He thinks about me. I know what, that He cares for me. That's just the devil trying to get me to think something else. What, 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 what did I not do? I didn't stay in the peace of God. The peace of God wouldn't even have looked at that commercial. Right? And if it did, you know how it would have saw it? It said, you know, there's probably people that are going to see that and believe it. I better start praying for them now. Instead of thinking about yourself, gosh, I wonder if I'll get that. Ooh, the flu's coming? I wonder if I'll get it. That's selfish, you know it? You're thinking about you. And you realize that any time you're thinking about you, you're selfish. That's, that is the definition of selfishness, thinking about yourself. Right? I didn't used to know that. I thought, I'm not thinking about me. I'm just thinking about my stuff. Oh, okay. That's better. You're, you're, not, you're just thinking about your problems, not you. So I had separated me from my problems. <laughs> you can't separate you from your problems. The way you separate you from your problems is you give your problems to God. And then he'll separate you from them. He'll take them completely out of the way while you're serving him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many want to cast some cares tonight? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. He's helping us with this stuff. Because you know what? We didn't talk about anything that anybody didn't know tonight. Anybody hear anything they didn't know tonight? Huh? Well, actually, I heard a few things. <laughs> I talk about a lot of stuff I don't know. I want to know it, though. I don't want to get caught up in the, Lord, don't you care? I don't want to get caught up in my cares and forget about you. How many know that, that as, a, as a Christian, as a man or woman of God, that the minute we get caught up in our own cares, we forget about everyone else that God's put in our path? Right? And God's put people in our path purposely for us to help. But we got to get rid of our cares, cast all our cares, and grab hold of the hand of God. What, what are we saying? Out of our hand and under His. Out of my hand. Say it with me. Out of my hand and under His. You know what? Because most of your cares are out of your hand anyway. Right? The things I care about, they're out of my hand. Why? Because you can't do anything about it. So get under His. Why? Because He cares for us. He loves you. He loves Branson. He loves the people on the Internet. He loves us. And He is well able to take care of that which concerns you. Amen? You got a song? Thank you, Lord.